Every year as we look out across the box office calendar, there are always a handful of movies that we put a circle or a star around or, or highlight to remind us, oh, this is going to be a good one. We're going to have a fun time talking about that. And we have <laughs> one of those movies today. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, friends, if you have been thinking, oh, I just wish they would make another Batman movie <laughs> and get that one guy from Twilight who was a sparkly vampire to play Bruce Wayne, my world would feel complete. Well, it's your lucky week. The Batman, <laughs> directed by Matt Reeves, opens in theaters this weekend and Robert Pattinson is starring as the Caped Crusader, a decision that I think caused roughly as much conflict and, and hubbub as Ben Affleck the last time around. And frankly, Batman's a big enough character that <laughs> I don't care who you cast as somebody's going to get bent out of shape about it. I think people didn't even really like, uh, what's his name? Christian Bale. That's it. Michael Keaton was a huge controversial. Boy. Yeah, that, exactly. That was George Gilmer. Clooney. George Clooney. <laughs> all, I, it, all I remember is the suit, the bat suit that he had to wear. Right. And, we and I was we not won't a talk fan. about the suit. We're I was not a fan. <laughs> well, if you've seen the trailer, you may have thought like I thought. Holy cow, that looks seriously dark. Which begs the question, just how dark is it? Well, Paul Lacey and I have seen the movie, <laughs> and we're going to be answering that question and inviting our friends Jonathan McKee and Emily Clark to weigh in on uh, you know, what we thought about the movie as well. So I think that is going to be a terrific conversation. And in our second segment, we're going to be doing something really fun, something we look forward to every year, and that's telling you about this year's slate of nominees for our Plugged In Movie Awards in four different categories. We'll talk about best movies for kids, best movies for teens, best movies for adults, and wait for it, best Christian movies. So I don't get to do radio voice very often, but it's, you know. That's pretty nice. It's fun to just break into that. You did that well. Thank you, Paul. And of course, we'll have another senses-shattering installment of pop culture connection. Actually, I hope your senses aren't shattered, but I do hope <laughs> that you enjoy the ego-destroying exercise of trying to come up with answers <laughs> on the fly. And before we dive in, I'd also encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment, leave a review, leave a like. We would love to hear what you are thinking about our conversations. Well, you know, we referenced a few minutes ago many of the actors who have played Batman. I thought it would be fun to start today to say, who is your favorite Batman and why? And Paul, since you wrote a book on Batman, I'm going with you first. And I'm pointing at him oh, right oh, now oh. For, the, for everybody <laughs> listening at home. You know, I got to go. It's so hard. It's really hard. I to... know, but I, you need to pick. Okay. <laughs> I'll pick. I'll pick. Adam West. Oh, that's what I was going to pick. Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. There's nothing that says you both can't pick it. I mean... I know, but it just feels like the air yeah, no, is let out. Man. Adam West, for those who don't know, was the 1960s Batman. Very campy, very funny, blah, 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 blah. I, I really enjoyed his take. And I, I like I liked Christian Bale. I really liked Michael Keaton. I liked a lot of these So you're picking plays. everybody. I'm picking everybody. But Matt, Adam West is my official choice. All right. That's funny. All right. Who's next? Emily, what do you think? I think I'm going to go with Michael Keaton. And I think I'm going to go with that because that was my first exposure to Batman was Michael Keaton with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And 
though in my head those two were the best at those two characters all right jonathan what about you um i'm gonna say something that batman fans will hate but uh you're gonna go with ben affleck I, well i probably would have said adam west because honestly the voice his voice is the voice so is great. spot on oh yeah yeah um but, I mean, of all the actors, the actor I like the most is Val Kilmer. Now, as oh, Val I Kilmer. I forgot had, about Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer as Batman, the thing that's so hard is he was being directed by Joel Schumacher. And Joel Schumacher can mess anybody up. Um, uh, he's a terrible director. And so, so uh, it was Val Kilmer tried to pull that off. And Nicole Kidman even kind of defended when some people were saying stuff about him. Uh, and Nicole Kidman, she's got some chops, and uh, I, I felt like he did a great job. So I'll stand by it. I like Val and all those other things. He's in one of my favorite movies, Heat. He was, of course, great in Two right, Stars. Right, all right, different. all right, all right. We're, 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 we're not yeah. veering into He's, favorite Val Kilmer movies. That's a totally different. Yeah, question. that is a totally different genre. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna make a, a shocking claim since you stole Adam West. Sorry. I really liked Robert Pattinson. There you go. Okay. I really did, and we can talk oh, about... Oh, see, I'm so excited to hear. I We can talk about why, and believe me, it's not because I liked the Twilight series. Let me <laughs> just get that out there yeah, let's, right let's now. Yeah, let's be very clear. It's it's <laughs> girls of my generation, sadly, that will be obsessed with the fact that he is playing it. I, I think he pulled it off. So let's talk... Let's talk about the Batman. You know, they have the same problem the that the Fast and Furious franchise now has, is like... They've done so many different iterations that they're now relying on certain parts of speech to set the titles apart. So <laughs> this is The or The Batman starring Robert Pattinson. And um, one of the things we love to do at Plugged In is just talk about, we talk about movies. And um, we talk about movies with each other. And we talk about movies with you. We talk about movies in our reviews I'm excited this morning because Paul and I, after we came out of the screening, we did not say one word to each other <laughs> about this movie. Whereas all, wow. a lot of times we'll come out and right, we'll talk, you know, we'll have a little conversation. Yeah. What'd you think afterwards? But so you saved it for um, us, but I'm saving it <laughs> for you guys. So what is going on? story-wise. Paul, do you want to just kind of set the stage story-wise? I mean, you obviously bet. it's the let's, Batman story. Yeah, let's just yes, dive right in. So the Batman we meet here is probably more fractured and broken than any Batman we've seen on the screen before. He has sort of is his Bruce Wayne persona. He's sort of letting his empire slip away. He's really determined to be the Batman. He wants to become that fear that criminals are terrified of in the dark, right? He, he, I think he says something in the movie about, uh, they think I lurk in the shadows. I am the shadow. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, so essentially, he, he's this character. There's a new threat that comes about. This strange guy is killing off people and killing them off in really terrible ways, accusing them of being corrupt or rats within the context of the movie. And, and essentially, this character, he is claiming vengeance himself for some past misdeeds that have been done, trying to expose the corruption in Gotham. And he, Of which there is a great deal. Of which there is a great deal. It's a very mob-run town. We meet a mobster or two. Uh, so, and it, he sort of brings along Batman for the ride. He thinks that Batman will be an accomplice to him as opposed to the person 
person who is trying to stop him. And that's sort of how things are set up for this. All right. So as I was watching it, Paul, I'm going to toss an opinion out and let you respond. And, and Emily and Jonathan, feel free to jump in here too. Sure. This didn't feel like a superhero movie to me. Did you have a similar response? Yes, I did. For me, this felt like, in in a lot of ways, tonally, it felt sort of like a mix between The Dark Knight and the R-rated Joker. Okay. It felt very grim. It felt very um, difficult. It felt it was centered in a real world environment, much like Christopher Nolan's movies have been. Um, it even takes that a step further, I think, where it feels almost like a detective story. Yeah. This is one of the things that I enjoyed about the movie is that you see Batman as, you know, in the comics, he's always framed as the world's greatest detective. You see that detection mode in him a lot more than I think I've ever seen it in any other movie. So it does feel very grounded in reality with a guy who dresses up as a bat and flies around and right. cape and stuff. And has a super cool car, by the way. <laughs> it is a super cool oh, car. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that's another. Right. Hopefully a little question That could be a whole other podcast. Yeah. I mean, we could like, you know, what's your favorite bat mobile vehicle ish. Yeah. I felt the same way. I uh, It may be giving it too much praise, but I kept thinking about Chinatown. Mm. Which is a yeah. a really famous movie from the seventies starring Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah, um, it, it had that sort of detective noir. <laughs> it's just about as noir as it gets. However, you want to define that word. Yeah, this one is in that neck of the woods. Yeah, and it's interesting that you point out the the noir because one of the things when you talk about film noir and 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 Jonathan, you're probably really familiar with this, but but. And and Emily, you know all about this. You were a film major. She was a film major. By I know. Right? <laughs> but film noir, it it is darker. It is complex. It tends to have a lot of a lot of uh, detection work and espionage and all that kind of stuff. Shadows are really big. This was. I was talking with another reviewer on the way out. He was saying Not this me. might be the darkest movie I have seen. Just. Physically. Visually. Visually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is a very, very dark movie where almost all of it takes place in the shadows and at night and, and such. Okay. Well, if I am a parent and I have kids that are interested in superheroes, and let's face it, superheroes are pretty much the thing right now, and I watch this trailer, my question would be, is this movie as dark as the trailer seems because watching the trailer, I thought, man, it almost looks like a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Um, it, just watching the trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Thoughts about that. I would, it, it is dark. I mean, when you look at the movies today, Marvel tends to have sort of this, you know, Marvel is Iron Man and Thor and guardians of the galaxy. It's light. It's colorful. Uh, lots of humor. Um, DC is darker these days in the movie theaters, and this one may be the darkest quote-unquote superhero movie that I've seen on screen. It, it does have this grimness, this bleakness about it. 
and as since we're talking about what parents really need to be aware of, yeah. there's some extreme content in this. I think that this really pushes up against the R-rated barrier, which was a kind of a shame to see, you know? In what ways? Tell us a little bit about the content that you were most concerned about. So it, very early on, you see one of the very first victims. Um, he loses a thumb. And the thumb is hanging off of, you know, essentially, there's a severed thumb that becomes a factor in the plot. Um, You find these people who die and die in really terrible ways. I wouldn't say it's incredibly bloody. It's not that graphic other than the thumb scene. The the images that, that are given to you on screen, you still put yourself in the victim's spot and you feel the pain there's another there's another instance where someone is threatened to have his face eaten off by rats you know there's that happened to me once it was a really terrible experience right in the plugged in offices i remember that day right. well exactly you but, two uh, are ridiculous <laughs> 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 and there's also a lot of swearing. You know, you, you have some strong profanities, including one use of the F word. You have tons and tons of abuses of Jesus in his name. Yeah. Um, so there is some content. If people are expecting to find a Guardians of the Galaxy type of experience, or no, no. It's, this is it's more like that. Guardians of the Sewer. Right. It's harsh. It is harsh. It is a street level, gritty drama. Uh, go ahead, Jonathan. Well, I was just going to say, and Guardians of the Galaxy isn't all like, you know, flowers and roses. <laughs> I mean, no. It's true. <laughs> no, it's true. It, it feels like a little golden book compared to this thing. Well, I wanted to just circle back because I, I, there was an element that surprised me. I think from a content perspective, I was more concerned with the profanity perhaps than the violence, although the thumb scene was pretty jarring. And there are a couple murders that, especially that first one, is just, man, it's pretty tough. But I was bothered more by lots of misuses of Jesus' name, as you said, Paul. And I think we have a lot of people in our audience for whom that is the defining question about whether they see a movie or not. So definitely be forewarned. There's a lot of that here. And I I, that bothered me Mm -hmm. uh, in some ways more than than the dark vibe. So I wanted to ask, you said that Robert Pattinson was your choice at the beginning. So like... Does so why? Because yeah, great question. Like, I feel like there must be something redeeming in this for you to have yep. chosen him as your Batman pick. Well, and that was what I wanted to say. If I had a surprise in the movie, and I might even differ from Paul a little bit on this, to me it felt less nihilistic than some of the things DC has done recently. Um, it took a very strong, hopeful turn at the end without giving anything away in terms of what actually happens. Um, we see. Bruce Wayne's character sort of bump up against doubt, against self-loathing, against, you know, can I really make a difference? And sometimes in our culture, we get a very cynical message. And I I actually felt like it was a, a surprisingly earnest and hopeful ending in a movie that tonally really was as dark as we're talking about. Well, when you're looking at this movie, it it is sort of odd when you think about Batman the character because he is clearly a dark superhero who has a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. He's not called the Dark Knight for nothing. (laughs) But he really is the beacon (laughs) of hope in this. Thanks, John. Right? And I think that when you look at Batman as the overall character, one of the things that I love about Batman, one of the things that I wrote about in in whatever that book was, I can't even remember the title. God's on the streets of Gotham. God on the streets streets of Gotham. That's it. Um, 
Um, so it, one of the things that has always attracted me to the character is the fact that there is this inner war within him where he is this character, this vengeful character, and yet he is continually trying to do better. He is continually trying to do better for the city, better for the people who he loves. And you see that struggle really prominently in this movie, I think. Yeah. Um, this is essentially a war of Batman's soul in a way. No, it what is. kind of character is he going to be? And at one point, again, I, I don't think this is a spoiler, but Paul, you can like just start screaming loudly if you feel like I'm over the line here. All right. No spoilers. At one point, he stops somebody else from taking someone's life, mm-hmm. inventions. And he basically says... Once you cross that line, you can never come back from that. And so I think that inherent moral plumb line that we have always expected from Batman, which has gotten, I think, increasingly muddy recently, it kind of snaps back into place here. Yeah, and that's one of the things I loved about it. It, Because of the darkness of the trailer, that was one of the things I was most interested about what this movie was going to show. Was he going to cross that line? Was he going to go in really dark places? We see in even really recent movies where Batman flirts with a lot of things that historically he's been against, you know, using guns, Guns. all that kind of stuff. Um, Here, this is the Batman character that I think Batman fans like me really gravitate to that uh-huh. that dark vigilante who nevertheless draws some really strong moral lines and yep. and I really appreciated that. Well, and I think that's a good place to stick the landing on our conversation with this that in some ways if you go to see this movie if you have older teens and I wouldn't recommend it for younger teens, I no, don't think. No. Because there's just there's a lot of grit here. Uh, but we have that that question of what does it look like to take a redemptive moral stand in the midst of darkness that just seems like it's threatening to overwhelm everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And even at the end where there is that glimmer of hope, the hope is still set against a backdrop of darkness. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of the one of my favorite exchanges was, you know, Batman is talking with the Catwoman character who also comes in, and he says, you know, this city can change. And she says, the city never will. I have to try, he yeah. says. He has to try to change it. And I mm. really appreciated that yeah. because that's that's the heart of Batman. He knows he lives in this dark world, as do we all. Mm. And he does what he can to change it. Well, that is a great place to wrap things up. Thanks, everyone. In our second segment today, I am excited to talk about an annual event we like to call the Plugged In Movie Awards. And about... 12 or 13 years ago, we thought, why should the Oscars and you know all of these other award shows have all of the fun? We want to get in on the action too. So And not have to dress up. And also not have to dress up, and uh, which is good because I don't actually own a tuxedo, but I digress. So we picked four categories, best movies for kids, for teens, for adults, and best Christian movies. And here's how it works. We have already published five nominations in each of those categories uh, and we want you to come check it out and vote and Emily will tell us a little bit more about that here in just a a couple of minutes and then uh, a little bit further down the line we will reveal 
who our choice is and who the uh, reader's choice is. So we do two different awards each year. So one of the things that we like to do is to recognize movies that we think are potentially worth your time. And we also want to sometimes tell you about movies that maybe you haven't heard about before. So I think it's safe to say this is a different kind of list of movies than you're likely to find anywhere else. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely would, because we're, we're talking about not only is it a great movie, but does it have great messages? Exactly. Those are Those are the two things that we really look for in our nominations. And what is the mild disclaimer that we give on the Plugged In Movie Awards? Even if it's nominated for a Plugged In Movie Award, it might not be right for your family okay. because all movies have problems. And especially when we get into the adult category, there are definitely some content concerns to be mindful of. Yeah, so this isn't an endorsement. This isn't a Plugged In seal of approval. This is five movies in each of these categories that we feel like there's a good chance that this could be Maybe something you would want to watch with your family, depending on how old your kids are. So, drum roll, please. Okay. Who has our first category today? Paul, do you have a category for us? Just let us know the movies that we have nominated. You know, one of the funnest uh, categories that we get a chance to pick is best movies for kids. Yes. And we had a lot of really interesting kid movies, including, these are our five nominees, Back to the Outback, Encanto, Luca, Mitchell's versus the Machines, and Sing 2. All of them animated, all of them have really interesting messages. Many of them have interesting problems that we need to navigate. So. Okay. Emily, tell us about what we nominated for the teen category. So we have American Underdog, Belle, Dear Evan Hansen, Finch, and Spider-Man No Way Home. So either one-word titles or really long ones. That seems like what we did this year. There is no (laughs) in-between. And the teen category tends to be in some ways, one of our biggest conversations as a team, because there are so many movies that could potentially fit there. So you'll want to check out what we nominated and why. Paul, tell us about best movies for adults and perhaps a little bit about how this category differs from the first two. You know, we we really target uh, movies in in those first two categories that are are really meant for families. You know, a lot of parents, moms and dads come to look at our site for what they can watch together as a family. This category is more like a date night thing because we know a lot of adults come to our site just to see what's suitable for them, too. Um, It's also because these movies tend to be a little bit more gritty they deal with some like the, heavier the themes. saddest date night you've had recently <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes they have some heavier themes so you're gonna have to wade through probably a little bit more content it's also for me one of my favorite categories to talk with as a team this year emily and i actually got into almost came to blows over what to select so yes was... i had to step in and adjudicate between you two because i thought Somebody might end up in jail or in the hospital. <laughs> it's a great Metaphorically conversation. Speaking. You guys are making me sound so violent. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? Maybe Paul was the violent one. I never made any threats. I never was coming to fisticuffs. Okay, so we're exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> it was a spirited conversation. It was conversation. a spirited conversation, it as it always is. It was great. Uh, so the five nominees that were selected, Belfast, Dream Horse, King Richard, Mass, 
and The Starling. Two of those have also been nominated for Best Picture in the Oscars as well. Okay. So we know that there's there's some oomph to this category. There is some oomph to this category. All right, Emily, tell us about our nominees for Best Christian Movie this year. All right. We actually had a really good list of movies to pick from this year. We don't always have that because there are fewer Christian movies made, so there's less to choose from. But yeah, no, this year we had a pretty good list. So here are our nominees. Blue Miracle. The Jesus Music, The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis, Show Me the Father, and A Week Away. Well, Emily, I am going to ask you now to let our listeners know exactly what the voting process looks like. All right. So as we said, we on the Plugged In team will pick our own winner for all of these categories, but you as our audience also get to pick a winner. And there's a couple of different ways to do that. The easiest way, in my opinion, is to go to either our Facebook or Instagram pages and to leave a comment there. You can also, on our Instagram page, we have four story highlights uh, for each of the different categories, and you can vote there. It's a little slider bar. So if you like it, put it all the way to the right. If you didn't like it, all the way to the left. Who doesn't love slider bars? (laughs) I love slider bars. Um, You can also message us on Instagram and Facebook. Do a little direct message. You can go to our blog, our wonderful blogs, and comment on your favorite there. And then finally, you can also email us. You can do that either at letters at pluggedin.com or at team at thepluggedinshow.com. So Emily, when does voting close? What's the deadline for people? March 11th. You need to have all of your votes in by midnight on March 11th. That's 11.59 p.m. on March 11th. Okay. And you know that we'll be up watching your votes come in at the last minute. No, I'll probably count them the next day. Let's be honest. I'll count them the next day. But yes, that's how long you have. So, you know, you... I highly encourage you to vote yourself, but also share it with your family and friends on social media so that they can vote um, as well. Um, Try to redirect people to the original post. And we don't always see, if you just share it yourself, we don't always see those votes. So just tell people, go to the page and do it. (laughs) Um, That would be the only disclaimer I would put in there. And we will be revealing the winners. On, the, on this very podcast. On this very podcast on March 24th. So yeah. you'll want to make sure you uh, uh, give yourself a reminder so you can listen yeah. in and find out who you chose and who we chose. Yeah, and we'll be choosing actually on, on the, the podcast. Show. Yes. We, we won't just be unmasking the winners. We'll, right. We'll actually be deciding the winners on the podcast. And I'll have my taser that day in case it gets out of hand. Oh, yeah. You actually might need it on that day because, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I was joking about the fisticuffs earlier, but, you know, I could see me and Paul just... <laughs> Put up your dukes. Put up yes. your dukes. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And we hope that you enjoy having a chance to peruse our nominations for the Plugged In Movie Awards this year. And... By all means, vote. Well, now it's time for a part of our show we call the Pop Culture Connection. If you've heard us before, you know how it works. Our producer, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Adam. Is here to ask us questions related to pop culture. And then we have to give as many answers as we possibly can, as quickly as we can, 
because we want to beat Jonathan. That is correct. On like, <laughs> he's on like a multi-week streak, and I foolish mortals. My soul hates that. So, uh, <laughs> Ashley, I will turn things over to you. Take awesome. it away. Well, actually, I got to write the questions this week. Oh man, and I'm so dust. In honor of the Dark Knight, I have them all Batman-related. Oh. So, are you ready? We're yeah. ready. All right. Jonathan, since you're on the winning streak, I have you as yes. our first one. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Batman has had many foes. Which do you think is the baddest baddie of them all and why? It's definitely the Riddler because he's constantly telling jokes. He's got that cool uniform with the question marks on it. The guy's always asking questions. He was played by Jim Carrey. He's uh, also one of the... Uh, Batman himself doesn't even know what to do with him. Uh, most people hate him, which shows he's truly a good villain. Uh, he also is... Did I mention he's wearing a green suit and green's the best color because it's like Kermit the Frog. Oh, I um, so I find here's... myself fearful that that's going to be hard to top. No, well, here's the thing. The Jim Carrey answer, that's like negative three points right there. Right. No. Even bring, Jim Carrey. You bring Jim Carrey yes. up, that you just... Jim Carrey. <laughs> So yes, I, that's a positive. Wait, why? Why is Jim? Wait, I am I missing something? Why don't we like Jim Carrey anymore? Oh, he was a terrible Riddler. Oh, no, he was, that's no, he was a right, terrible all right, all right, director. All right. And now back to so Ms. Ashley, get? who is uh, <laughs> how many you, I get? You're on the verge of losing complete control here. So how many points did he get? Jonathan, you got seven points oh, for that answer. Amen. That seems like it's too many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Jim you Carrey should this, not though. count. All right, all right. Should not Let's count. Let's go. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so next is Emily. Ooh. All right, let's do this. All right, Emily. The sidekick is a very important element in every superhero story. Who is your favorite Batman sidekick and why? That's going to be Robin. Because I, he was my first crush. Chris O'Donnell played him. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is one of those characters that you know he gets you know knocked on a lot, but you know he still goes out there and fights all the bad guys. He's always there for Batman. He never abandons him. He drives a really cool motorcycle. He um, he's the one who took down Poison Ivy, and that for some reason that scene is imprinted in my mind forever. <laughs> um, Oh, you were so oh, close. Nice job. Jonathan was scoring at home, and he uh, <laughs> he's given you six, but Ashley is our official scorer. I came up with six as well. Oh, nice That job. was great, yeah. though. All right. Yay. Ashley, who's your next victim? All right, Adam. Okay. It is you. Oh, right. I'm bringing up the rear. <laughs> well, you're the, That's ba- a little bit... you're the Batman guy. The oh, guy who right. wrote the scary. book should, on it. You should bat clean up. See what I did there? Oh, oh very nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. All Here right. I'll wait. Adam, yes. as Jack Nicholson's Joker asked, where does he get those wonderful toys? If you could possess any of Batman's gadgets, what would you choose and why? Well, I think I would choose a Batarang, which is sort of like a throwing star. And because a Batarang is basically a throwing star, it's shaped like a bat. You can throw it. It can, it can cut cables. Um, you can use it as a weapon. You could probably use it to pick locks in a pinch. Uh, Batman stores it on his chest in the most in recent movie. one, and that was super cool. He just clicked it off. Uh, it's shaped like a bat, when, and who doesn't love that? That's why it's actually called a Batarang. Oh. Six. 
that's what I got as well. Darn Six. It. Yeah. If you would have just added Paul that you could cut, you are... cut pizza with it. Help us, Polly. See, you're our only hope. <laughs> you <laughs> have to take down okay. Jonathan. This, this is unfair that I'm going against the guy who literally wrote the book well, see, this is, <laughs> on Batman. This is going to be, uh, you're setting me up for failure. I'm going to get right, right. Oh, no, going to like. You can do it, Paul. You can do it. Let's just do it. We're going to call on your romantic bone here. Are you Uh-oh. ready? But oh. I think you should. But, Paul, make sure you explain every one of these really well, though. You need to really go into great detail about <laughs> no, every don't. one of these. No, don't. You know I can't. Well, I would. All right. Please, Please don't. Do. Please right. explain Just, why, because uh, we aren't going to believe you. Just All as right. fast as possible. We want you to win. Here we go. Between Bruce Wayne's eccentric millionaire persona and Batman's dark crime-fighting figure, lots of women have their sights set on the Dark Knight. Ooh. Which one do you think really holds his heart and why? None of them. And you know why? His true love is Gotham. He continually uh, woos her in his own way. He fights crime in the city. He loves the city. He knows how problematic it is. It is, and yet he continues to go out night after night, risking wound after wound to, to save the city that continually betrays him and cheats on him, essentially. So you have these... these so it's like dark... Hosea. <laughs> If he lost, I'm never forgiving you. I, 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 well, Jonathan I even thinks he that. only had one point. I, I, I don't even know seven. how to score that. I said he it was had a great seven. answer. I had like six or seven. So We're going to go with seven. I think, <laughs> I think that was lovely. <laughs> We're going to round up. That was super insightful. I was waiting for like Vicky Vale. It or was super and, insightful. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I think you should get extra points well, just for being so you, profound. If you see the movie, you will have a sense of where Paul was coming from. Hopefully I might have even said it if if I hadn't seen the movie, but who knows? Right, but it really is in the movie, too. All right. Well, Well, I hate to say that six or seven, does it really compare with seven? (laughs) I don't know. I think, as I said, I think he gets extra points for being so profound, so I'm going to give you ten points, Paul. That's right. That's right. You know, Ashley Ashley has the power to change the rules. Yeah, and I think I'm okay with that. This is like whose line is it, anyways? Where, yeah. the, where the points <laughs> don't <okay>. matter. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for another awesome installment of Pop Culture Connection. Thank you for the great bat o questions. Of Ashley. course, my pleasure. And we'll do it again next week, and maybe this theme thing can become a theme. Yeah, I liked it. Right? Those, those were great questions. Super questions. clever, Adam. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Emily. Well, that was fun. I hope you guys had as much fun listening to our witty batter. Oh. oh. Okay, I'm going to give you that one. A lot of the bat jokes that have been, you know, thrown around the studio today, I've hated, and I'm just kind of going, <sighs> but that one, that one I like. Well, thank you. Uh, well, we sure enjoyed doing it, too. What about you? What did you think about our conversation about the Batman? And for that matter, what did you think about our nominees for the Plugged In Movie Award nominations? You can let us know on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com and we would love to hear from you. We'd also like to say thank you for being a part of the Plugged In Show as a loyal listener. So today for a gift of any amount, We'll send you a copy of Paul Acey's book, Burning Bush 2.0, How Pop Culture Replaced the Prophet. You'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the plugged in blog entry for our conversation this week, or just give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY. 
Well, thanks for taking some time to listen to us bat around ideas related <laughs> to the Batman. And we hope that you join us again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. Plugged In Show.